Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, every day, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. The challenge with the media these days is that there is no separation between opinions and facts. Stay all exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has, relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOldJay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve is yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is how to understand media these days. How do you actually understand the media that we are working with right now? That is the media that you take in, social media, news media, traditional media. How do you actually deal with that media? There is a method for doing it. I'm going to explain it here in today's episode. Also, you're going to understand why this matters and why it matters for me to be sharing it here today because I don't share anything with you that doesn't matter. With all that said, first of all, let me tell you that I have a daily motivation text that I send out for free every single day to everyone who's in my text community, and that should be you. If you are not in my text community, here's what you do. Send me a text at this number, 305-384-6894. Text me right now at that number, and every day when I send a daily motivation, you will be a lucky recipient of that message. And you can actually respond to any one of those daily motivation texts. You'll be talking directly to me. My number again, 305-384-6894. And the message I'm going to send you every day, guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp, and on point. The number's also listed down below in the show notes if you missed it, the two times that I just said it. All that being said, today's topic is about understanding the media. Now, understand that this is not about necessarily about social media or media that you create user-generated media, as they call it. I'm talking about media as in the news outlets, the media that used to be known as journalism, or any form of reporting or information that you take in. That's the kind of media I'm talking about specifically today. These media do still serve a purpose. It's just not the same purpose as what it used to be, and it must be consumed in a different way than what we have traditionally, how we have traditionally taken it in depending on your age and how much of it you took in. So listen up and adjust accordingly 
to understand this. And what we're going to talk about here today are some things that I have touched on in different episodes of this show. I'm going to tell you specifically, like I talked about this in episode number, when I talked about journalism, was episode number 2016, why journalism is dying. Also, episode number 1474, stop watching the news. I talked about them in both of those episodes, but I'm going to talk overall in a big picture way how we need to consume media these days, how you can actually use it to your advantage, even if they're telling you something that might not have as much integrity in the reporting, might not be as much integrity in the news item, so to speak, as we would normally expect. But I'm going to get clear on all of that here today. Point number one, topic once again is how to understand media these days. Number one, first thing you have to understand is that the media and the value of the media is dependent on one thing, is dependent on the laziness of the consumer. Uh, this is the very reason why media exists. The media exists because of the laziness of people like me and you and all the rest of us. Why is this? Because the media's job is to go find out what happened and then tell us what happened. All right, that's their job. And it only exists because we are too lazy to go find out what happened on our own because we're focused on other things. I'm not saying this in a negative way. This is just a fact. We are so focused on other things that the media says, OK, we will do this job for you. We'll find out what's going on and we'll report it back to you. And actually, first of all, let's understand why the media became as popular as it did, because we like this arrangement. We like that there is an entity out there whose very job is to watch what's going on in the world and then just let us know, just come back to us and let us know what's going on so that we know, understand the situation. That's what has been in the modern world up until the last, let's say, five or six ish years. It's been that way. And because we are focused on other things, we actually like this arrangement. And for the most part, it worked pretty smoothly for the most part, even if we didn't always agree. For the most part, it worked pretty smoothly. What a lot of people don't understand is the original reason why the media was created. The original reason that the media was created, this was at the forming of the United States of America. This is when the United States was breaking from England under English rule was that Anybody who knows anything about the revolution and why the Constitution was created and how the Revolutionary War and all of that stuff was that America, the American colonies, felt like they were being treated unfairly by England, by the crown of England. And they didn't like that the English government was basically doing whatever they wanted. And the American citizens were not having a say in the situation. All right, this is when you've heard people say taxation without representation. Like they didn't feel like they were being represented and their voice wasn't being heard yet. The government was imposing things on top of them. That sounds a little similar to some things that are happening these days, right? But in the forming of our country and the documentations that were written about how this country was going to be put together, one of the things that was said, I don't remember who's credited with saying it, but they said there must be an entity, a group of people whose very job is to report on what the government is doing. They watch what the government is doing and report it back to the citizens so that what happened with England doesn't happen again. In other words, there is a group of people who would basically be like the watchdogs of the government. And the government would know, here are these people whose very job is to watch what we're doing. That's the government talking. They're watching what we're doing and they're going to report it back to the citizens. So if we are doing anything we're not supposed to do, we're doing anything shady, we're doing anything that's under the table, we're doing anything that's not right, anything the citizens would not approve of, the citizens are going to know about it. So we can't do it in secret the way England did it to us. So we got to make sure that we stay above board and we do our jobs and what we're supposed to do. That was the reason that the media was created initially. And tech, that's what the media did for the most part 
up until again, maybe about until social media basically took over all of our lives. That's pretty much what the media did. Like I said, until the last five, six ish years, that's pretty much how the media worked. Nowadays, the media is in a little bit different space. While the laziness of humans has not changed, we still look to media to tell us what's going on. The problem is uh, they're not giving us the same level of integrity that we are giving them. We're trusting them to tell us what's going on, but they're not telling us what's going on the same way that they have traditionally done so. The media has always incentivized this concept of if it bleeds, it leads. And even back again, way before social media, they always did that for selling stories, keeping you glued to the newspaper, keeping you glued to the TV. And now to a digital screen, all right, that hasn't changed because even when I was a, a kid and we had a TV in the kitchen, we would watch dinner as a family. The news would always start with, here's a snowstorm. Somebody got killed. Here's this crazy thing that happened in the government. If it bleeds, it leads. The newspaper always did that. It's always been like that. That's just simple copywriting and simple salesmanship. It keeps people paying attention. Not necessarily a great thing, but it's also not a terrible thing. Back then, they would just tell you what happened to get your attention. They would just find the worst thing to happen or the most sensational, emotionally charged thing to happen. And they would tell you about it because that grabbed your attention. And that would keep you reading the newspaper or watching the news show. And that's how they made their money, right? They get you watching the news. They get to run their ads and their commercials and they get to pay their bills with that. Now, here's how it's become different. They only tell you some version of what happened. They don't tell you everything that happened. They don't tell you the objective truth of what happened. They tell you some version that they want to tell you of what happened. Then they also sprinkle in their own opinions and beliefs about what happened. And then they still report it as an objective truth when we know that that's no longer the case. That's what's changed. This is the big change in media is that now they give you a version of the truth. They sprinkle in their own opinions and leanings, and then they report it as objective fact. This is what you need to understand about the media. And we're going to talk about how you can deal with this because this is the reality of what we're dealing with. I'm going to tell you how to deal with it in a minute. So you got to do the extra work now of fishing through what the media tells you so that you can understand what is the actual truth of the situation versus the way they have seasoned the situation to make you believe what is the truth of the situation. See, you should just tell you the truth. Now you got to figure out, now you got to decipher what the truth is. Now you didn't used to have to do this, but this is the situation that we're in. So you got to be able to separate the seasoning from the actual meat, so to speak. Point number two, today's topic, once again, is how to understand media these days let me be clear about something. There is a complete industry, a very important industry of people whose job it is to tell us not only what happened, but also it is their job to include their opinion of why it happened, who's responsible and how we're supposed to feel about it. There is an industry out there about this. These are the opinion folks. They still have their own section in the newspaper. Or there's a section, any of you who still reads a newspaper, or if you go find a newspaper somewhere, there's a section in there called the opinion section. The problem is there shouldn't be an opinion section in most newspapers these days because now the entire newspaper is one big opinion. The whole thing is just all opinion. There used to be a section where if someone was giving you their opinion, they told you, this is my opinion. And is the title of the section was called the opinion section. Everybody was giving you their opinions. Now, all of it's opinion. Everything's opinion, but they still have an opinion section as if the rest of it is objective. That's not the case. See, that's the part that they don't tell you. And this is what essentially has eroded our trust in the media. The reason that fake news is a phrase now is because all of us have seen, no matter what your leanings are, what you believe in, who you like, who you don't like, we've all seen situations where a media entity was supposed to be telling us something objective, but we noticed that they were either leaving something out 
or they were putting something in that wasn't supposed to be there, leaving something out that was supposed to be in there, or twisting the story around to something that, that wasn't even the case of what it was going on. And that caused us to say, okay, we can't trust the media anymore. All of us have seen this happen, no matter how much media you pay attention to. This has eroded our trust, and this is why fake news is a phrase. We never had a problem, and we never will have a problem with a person offering an opinion. Our opinions are interesting. All right? They're what lead to conversation. We just need to know that when someone's giving us an opinion, that they're indeed giving us an opinion. Don't tell me you're telling me an objective fact, but you're giving me an opinion. All right? Just tell me that it's an opinion when it's an opinion. Now, everything is opinion-based, but it's being reported as objective truth. This is the crux of the situation. The challenge with the media these days is that there is no separation between opinions and facts. And you examine this phenomenon for yourself the next time you read a news story. Ask yourself if you're reading objective fact or are you reading objective fact mixed with opinion that is being reported as objective fact. And when you can start noticing this, and the more you start, and I'm going to tell you what to do here in a minute so how you can figure this out. Once you start noticing this more, you'll probably trust media a lot less than you do simply because this is happening a lot more than maybe even you thought it was. And that's the, you call it the scary part. You call it the annoying part. You call it the frustrating part. It could be the angering part. But this is the part that requires all of us to do a little bit more work than we expected to have to do when it came to news items and information these days. And by the way, anything that's actual news, you won't have to go look for it. It will find you. Point number three, today's topic, once again, is how we deal with how we consume media these days, how it has changed from what it was back in the day. Number three, everything I'm saying here today is the reason why critical thinking is in such high demand while at the same time being in such a low supply. That's where we are with critical thinking right now. I talked about critical thinking in episodes 1826 and 1827, habits of a critical thinker and how to be a critical thinker and traits of critical thinking. That was episodes 1826 and 1827. The ideal outcome for all of us these days would be able to consume news from a source that doesn't have a dog in whatever race they're talking about. They just tell us what's going on and they don't have a leaning as to what they want us to believe or what they want us to think about the situation. That would be the ideal outcome. But unfortunately, that's not the case right now. And if there is one, it's hard to even tell, right? Because everybody has been pushed and angled into a certain corner. The problem is damn near impossible to find these. So while you can take information, from whatever sources you wish. You can take a bunch of them from different sources. Just make sure you're triangulating and getting the right information. The real work is in the critical thinking you do about what you're being told. That's the real work. The real work is not, all right, let me watch a little bit of this channel and then this channel and this channel so that I've heard from everybody. No, the real work is the critical thinking that you do regardless of where you get your information from. And this is the part you got it where you have to think for yourself. See, listening to what everybody else says and getting it from a bunch of different people is not critical thinking. The work is the thinking that you must do on your own. So I don't care who showed it to you, what they said, and how you feel about it. That's not the work. Asking the critical questions are the signs of critical thinking. See, I talked about this in 1826 and 27. People who are not critical thinkers just take in whatever they're told and they don't ask any questions. They merely accept what they've been told. That's a sign of a lack of critical thinking is when you just accept whatever you've been told. Critical thinkers are always asking questions. That's what makes them critical thinkers. So here is your assignment. When you are taking in anything that's being reported to you as news or as objective truth, start asking questions about that information. That's your job. This will help your critical thinking skills. Simple tip. You can do this all day, every day to get better at critical thinking is to ask more questions. 
open-ended questions. I gave you a bunch of examples of these in two of my books, 25 Conversation Starters and 25 Reasons to Quit Worrying, which are books you can get. One of those is part of the leadership bundle, which is 25 Conversation Starters, 25 Reasons to Quit Worrying. Excuse me, that's another book is Ask Yourself. And 25 Reasons to Quit Worrying is also part of the leadership bundle and 55 Daily People Skills. Ask Yourself a Better Question is the other book, actually, I was thinking of, but I said a different one. Ask Yourself a Better Question. You can get that at workonmygame.com slash A-S-K for ask yourself a better question. That's the name of that book. Asking more questions, doing it alone will put you into the 90th percentile of critical thinkers. You want to become a better critical thinker, just ask more questions. That's a good start right there. The questions alone doesn't even matter what questions you ask. Just ask questions about any information you get. Because the questions alone will naturally lead you to your next steps of questioning more and more. See, each question leads to another question. So when you ask one question, you're going to get an answer. That's probably going to lead you to another question and another question and another question. Now, the right question is more important than the right answer. So this is why you need to develop this habit and build this muscle of asking questions because you'll get better at figuring out which questions to ask. When you ask the right question, that's your insight right there. But you got to be willing to ask a question in the first place to even get there. So it starts with asking the right questions. The good thing about questions is that they usually lead to more questions. And it's a good thing for critical thinkers, let's just say. The good thing for critical thinkers is each question leads to another question. Whatever answer you get is going to lead to another one. Whether you are a critical thinker or not, well, that remains to be seen. I can't say. You could say for yourself. Or you could be on the other side where you just merely and meekly accept anything that is told to you, even if it doesn't quite add up. Even if it doesn't quite make sense, even when you know it doesn't add up and make sense, if you're not willing to ask questions, you're not a critical thinker. This is what it is. And again, in episodes 18, 26, 27, I explain exactly how this works. So when someone presents some information to you, a good question, I'll give you a couple litmus test questions that you can start using is how do you know? Someone reports something to you as true. Just ask them, how do you know? How do you know that this is true? What is the source of your information? Did you actually see or hear this yourself? Uh, Can you provide some data or something that can back up what you're saying here? Or are you just saying, are you just giving me conjecture? Are you just repeating something that you heard somebody else say? How do you actually know that this is true? Where's your data? Where is your source? These are questions that critical thinkers are always asking. And when someone presents information to you, especially when it's highly emotionally charged and someone seems really passionately bought into an argument, especially when it's strongly for or against something, ask them, well, if someone believed the opposite of you, what's their argument? This is a really good question that very few people ask. Very few people are even willing to ask, yet let alone are people even aware of the question. But even if I just made a bunch of you aware of the question, how many of you are willing to ask this question? Next time you talk to someone who is very passionately on one side of a conversation, they're strongly against something or strongly for something, Here's the question. Let me tell it to you again. You want to write it down? Write it down. If someone had the opposite opinion of you, person X, what is their argument? What's their reason for believing what they believe? And see what they say. See what their answer is. Often, in my experience, they don't have an answer for this question. They don't have an answer as to why anybody would have a different opinion because they never considered it. They never thought about it because their point, their stance is all based on emotion and not logic. Or they will give you an answer, but their answer is, super emotional. It'll be something like, well, there's just bad people. They're just stupid people. They don't think. They don't know anything. They don't have the information. This is usually what we default to when someone disagrees with us. They must be stupid. They must be an idiot. They just clearly 
aren't informed. They need to educate themselves. These are the kind of things that we say when someone just doesn't have the same opinion as us. When factually, the actual thing is that person is just as smart as you, might be even more educated than you. They just happen to see things differently from you. But people who are not critical thinkers are incapable of understanding this and let alone are they capable of accepting it. They can't even understand it, let alone would they accept it. But all that said, listen to those two episodes on critical thinking. You can learn more about the skill. Let's recap today's class, which is how to understand media these days. This is not about user-generated media. I'm talking about media as in the news outlets and how things have changed and how you need to take in information differently. Number one, media depends on your laziness. This is the reason media exists, because the media knows that people have too many other things going on in their lives to be watching everything that is happening in the world. So we depend on media to tell us what's going on, what we need to pay attention to, what is important. It's always been like that. The difference is nowadays, media has taken advantage of our laziness. They used to serve our laziness. Now they've taken advantage of it and they spin stories in whatever direction they want to spin it based on how they feel and their leanings. It didn't used to be that way. That is the situation now. So now you got to do extra work to fish through what the media tells you to separate the seasoning from the state. Point number two, let me be clear that there is a complete industry of people who do actually share their opinions for a living. And the thing is, we know that they are giving their opinions because it says right there at the heading of their section, this is the opinion section. Problem is now the entire newspaper is all opinion. An entire network is all opinion when it used to be objectivity on this part, opinion over here in this little corner. Now all of it is opinion, but they still keep that same section of opinion in the corner when everybody's giving their opinion. The challenge of media these days is that there's no separation between opinions and facts. Your job is to figure out what that separation is because it does exist or it, it should exist. Let's put it that way. And here's the way you do it. Point number three. This is the reason why critical thinking is in such high demand these days, while at the same time being in a very low supply. The ideal outcome is that all of us can consume news from a source that does not have a dog in whatever race they're talking about. The challenge is it's impossible to find these people. And how do you know who doesn't have a dog in a race? Because we've all had been put into these, into pushed as far as we can be pushed into certain corners. We have to pick a side and polarize on certain subjects. And this is why critical thinking matters. Asking critical questions are a sign of critical thinking. People who are not critical thinkers don't ask questions. They merely accept what they've been told. So your assignment is when you are taking something in, start asking questions about the information you take in. Just doing that alone puts you in the 90th percentile of critical thinkers. And that's a pretty good start. Questions alone will lead to your next steps of questioning more and more because each question leads to another question. Whether you are a critical thinker or not remains to be seen, but you can start being one by just simply asking questions. The more questions you ask, you'll come up with more questions. You will inform yourself because you're listening. You don't open your mouth to ask questions, not to share information. All that said, two things to do right now. Go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. You can join my mastermind, my one-on-one coaching program, my third-day mastermind, or my bulletproof mastermind, which is my group coaching program. Both of those links are at workonyourgameuniversity.com. You can see the group program and join now. You can schedule a call with me for the one-on-one and send me a text to get my daily motivation text every day straight to your phone for free. My number is 305-384-6894. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 
305-384-6894.